we've been looking at the uh, different metaphors that the Bible gives us uh, of, of who God is. And as we do that, um, we're seeking to uh, rediscover and focus our joy and delight in God. So uh, before I kick into this, maybe just um, speak to the person next to you and just share something that about God that's brought a smile to your face this week, something that's brought joy to your heart about who God is and who you are because of Him. So just share that, give you a, a minute or so to do that. What's something that's brought joy to your heart about who God is uh, this week? It's interesting uh, just watching you as you talk. Some people are smiling and laughing. Other people are serious. <laughs> Which is true sometimes when you discover the good things about God, it is serious, isn't it? That you sort of, oh, this is gripped me. Other times it just brings a smile to our face. Um, we, as I've, I've talked about, uh, as we begin this year and as we head into 2016, um, I'm wanting us as a church to really focus on our joy and delight in God. Um, and as we've uh, been looking at that, it's been this beautiful thing, hasn't it? That the, the, ref the reflection, as we've been thinking about that, we've discovered that it's actually God who joys and delights in us. If you, if you pick that up through the last, it's actually God who joys and delights in you. And I got to the point last week, you remembered it, if it was not con controversial, that I got to the point where God actually worships you as his people. That he actually sings and praises his people. He honors his people. And there is this reciprocal sort of nature of being in a relationship with God is that he has joy and delight in us as his children or as his bride or as his people and that we have joy and delight that we are known uh, as his people. And as I keep saying, it should put a smile on our face. It should give us uh, confidence in our step, a spring in our step uh, as we go into the new year. So, uh, so far, if we go to the next slide, we've been looking, uh, we looked at God as our loving husband, or as our lover, as our bride—sorry, uh, bridegroom—and uh, we as His uh, bride. Um, you know, we talked about uh, God being the one who rejoices over His people, who sings over them with delight. That's how He views us, who are known as His children. We looked last week at the idea of God's being a fabulous, forgiving God that God doesn't consider you as his children because of what you do. Okay, remember that? It's not because of what you do, whether good or bad. He delights in you because of who you are, that you are his children and uh, bought by him through Christ. And so that's why he delights in you. We recognized uh, that even the extent of our sin and our brokenness reminds us of the extent of his love and pursuit of us, despite who we are or have been. And this week, we're going to look at uh, God being our king, our protector king, and what that might mean for us uh, as a people. Next week, Joel's going to look at uh, the faithfulness of God, faithful finisher God. You'll have to wonder, you'll have to come next week to find out what he's going to uh, talk about in regards to God being a finisher God. 
Um, as we've considered that, uh, we've considered who God is, we've also considered who we are because of him. So uh, we've, dis- we've realized that we are a perfectly um, loved and adored bride, that, that, that God delights in us. And I want us to take this into this year, that as his church, as you as individuals, God delights in you. He loves being with you. He loves working amongst us. Even though as a church, we stuff up all the time and we don't do a great job and we're not a perfect church, he delights in us and he delights to be with us. Even as, a, as an individual, I am broken and I continue probably hour by hour, if not minute by minute, to turn to the world or myself. He still loves and adores us because it's not about what we do it's who we are take that into this year as that colors uh, everything that we come across we've talked about being forgiven and blessed children it's not just wiping away the debt you remember last week's image it wasn't just wiping away the debt it was giving us every spiritual blessing every blessing by the holy spirit is now ours as the church to be used enjoying and delighting in God. Enjoying a word? That's not a word. Can be now. Rejoicing in God. And uh, today we're going to think about what it means for us to be a protected and provided for people uh, as we go into this year. There's something, because uh, thinking about this as the king, the king picture is probably one of the, the metaphors that's less intimate. So we've talked about father, children, uh, husband, wife type sort of, that's, this one's probably a little bit less intimate. It's sort of, but there's this sense that if we have someone who is powerful and our protector who's watching out for us, that it is something that should bring a smile to our face and put confidence in our step and be excited about what's going to happen this year. So first of all, I just want to explain or explore this whole idea of kingship because uh, as with all the other metaphors, um, we always come to them with our, our earthly or worldly perspective on these things, which the earthly and worldly perspective on them are flawed. And so we can't say, my, my, you know, I can't understand God fully because my dad, as a father, he was broken and messed up and so that's flawed. So we've got to look at God as our perfect father. We've got to look to him as our perfect bridegroom. And this time, in terms of kingship, we've got to look to him as our perfect kingship because our idea, particularly in Australia, of the royal family, of kingship, what would it, how would you describe it? Kingship, how would you describe it? Cynical? Dismissive? A bit of a joke? (laughs) This whole idea of... Um, I, I just think about some of the things that you think about when you, you think of this idea of a king or a queen. Think about, uh, what, are, what would they be typical characteristics of earthly kings and queens? Sorry? Yeah, sorry? A bridge? Oh, rich. Thank you. I can't hear, so I shouldn't even ask. Um, rich, it's exactly, isn't it? We think that they're, they're, they're working us to the bone so that they can be rich, so that they can sit back and be, have all their servants around them and live their pomp and ceremony type stuff while we're doing the work. So we don't want to have that view of kingship when we're thinking of God. So we've got to do 
some adjusting to this idea of the metaphor. And so what I've been saying with the other ones, and I say for us today, is what does it mean for us to have a perfect king? What would it look like to have uh, a perfect king rule over people? So start using your mind, start engaging with that picture. What would it look like to have a perfect king or queen rule over us? And you start to think a perfect king takes utter responsibility for his people. A perfect king loves his people and wants to see them flourish. A perfect king is not so much concerned about himself, he's concerned about his kingdom. And he wants to see his kingdom do well. He wants to see his people do well. He wants to see his people provided for. He wants to see his people protected. The perfect king would not allow enemies to come in and affect his people. He would fight for them. He would set up systems and protections that would keep his people safe so that they could live together in peace, in harmony, in a flourishing community. That's what a perfect king wants for his people. He would fight for them. He'd be willing to die for them. He would go to the ends of the earth for them. He would want to see them live in freedom. He would want to see them with smiles on their faces and springs in their step as they live life with him. The perfect king would seek justice to see things that are done right that would fight against injustice, that would bring judgment against those who are unjust. He would bring judgment against those who oppress because he wants his people to be protected and he wants injustice and oppression to stop. And so he would fight against that. And a perfect king would be capable and powerful enough to do this. Every day, every hour of the day, for eternity. And he would want you as his people, living with joy and delight, under his protection, under his provision, with his presence, every hour of your life, And so the Bible reveals this king, God, as king of the universe. The Bible reveals uh, him as the one who is over all, through all, and in all. The one who knows the furthest star and knows it by name and has put it in place. And the vastness of the expanse of the universe, this king has the power to put in place, create, and hold in place. He is the king that has power over how many hairs are on your head and where one of them would fall or not. He is the king who has the power to orchestrate the complexity of a DNA strand so that you could turn out to be the unique person that he created you to be. He is the one that can change these things 
that can move these things, that can orchestrate these things to reveal himself, to show you who he is, to help you understand who you are, that you have been created as his people, as his children, as his bride, to live with him forever. You have been made in his image so that you may have the joy and delight of living with him. And as he says it, it gets done. And as you think about this, as we think about how God reveals himself on this uh, through the Bible, we get this um, interesting uh, mix in the Bible that God reveals himself in this um, in his three persons. So we, we think of God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there are different aspects of that kingship that come out in those different parts. So we've sort of talked about God as creator God. But think about Jesus, King Jesus, and how he displayed his power when he came to earth. I, always, I often think of reading through the first few chapters of Mark. And in the first few chapters of Mark, Mark wants us to know the power that Jesus has. And so Jesus comes in and he has power over sickness as he brings healing. He has power over evil. He drives out demons. He has power over Satan. He has power over nature because he calms the, wa- the wind and the storms. This is the God. This is our King who has power over all things and is working all things for the good of his people whom he loves. Or think about the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes down. What does it talk about? The Holy Spirit came down with power. Power to give gifts to his people. Gifts so that they could um, prophesy, so that they could heal, so that they could see his kingdom come, so that they could bring comfort to those who need comforting, so that they could proclaim the gospel in ways that they could have never have done before, so that they could speak in tongues. And he says, this is the power by which I come on you because I want you to live life to the full. I want you to have joy and delight as my people. This power is present in you. Remember it said, this is the power that raised Christ from the dead is now present in you, my people. It should bring a smile to your face and a spring to your step as you head into this year. This is the power that is available to us as his church, as his children. So no matter what comes our way this year, we need to remember this. We need to use this as inspiration whether we're, tough, we're facing tough times or where we're seeing breakthroughs in ways that we've never seen before. We remember who God is and who we are because of him. Because we've seen through the Bible, we've seen in our lives that this God who is king, who is powerful, does two things. Sometimes he comes with power And he changes the situation. He brings healing. He brings uh, restoration. He brings breakthrough. He does supernatural activity to change the situation. At other times, he comes and he displays his power by not changing the situation, but getting his people through it. 
So some people may receive healing, but other people may not. But God says, my power will be present with you as you go through that. And so we need to be looking and understanding the, pre- the power of God's presence uh, in our situations as well. And I want to uh, just focus on two words this morning as we explore this a little bit further. Uh, this understanding uh, of God as our protector. That uh, the king... Uh, of glory, the one that has come with might and strength, uh, with righteousness and justice, is our protector. He wants to keep his people safe. And think of some of the language and the metaphors that come out through the Psalms, how God reveals himself. He is our shield. He is our fortress. Uh, He is our strength. He is our strong tower. He is the one that keeps his people safe. Think of some of those images. He is the shepherd that protects his sheep from the enemy. He is the one who deploys his angels to protect his people. He is the one that keeps them safe in the shadow of his wing. We, don't, oh, we get that a little bit in Australia, that whole idea of you don't want to be out in the heat in the desert, do you? And so actually it is safe in the shadow of his wings. That's what that means, that in the desert-type environment, you want to be safe in the shadow of his wing. And so we're reminded that uh, in this broken world, that we need protection from our enemies. And who are our enemies? I've told you a few times over the last few weeks, who are our enemies? The world, Satan, and our old selves. Satan is doing everything he spiritually can to get you to give up on God and not to believe his truth. The world is doing everything it can to sell you a lie that this place is better than eternity. And your old self is continuing to speak the lies (laughs) that you're not good enough, you're not who God says he is, or that life of your old being is better than the new being. And so this year... We need protection from a king (laughs) over that sort of thing. So this year, you are going to be spiritually attacked by Satan and his demons. How are you going to stand against that? The Bible tells us that you have a king (laughs) who has defeated that enemy. And he's shown us in his word that when we stand in Jesus Christ, and remember what that means, Savior King, when we stand in the name of Jesus Christ, the enemy flees. And so this week, when, uh, this year, when we come under spiritual attack, we stand against him in the name of the king. And he will flee from us. But we remember Job, whereas sometimes God will take that spiritual attack from us and it will stop, whereas other times he will allow us to endure it and he will grow us through it. But his presence will be with us. Satan will never get victory over us. But he will enable us to endure it as we are under spiritual attack. And so we can stand under massive oppression, darkness and feeling held down. And we can still have a smile on our face and a spring in our step. Because we've got a king who's with us in the midst of that. 
who's not going to let us go to hell, who's not going to, even if we were to die because of that, we have life eternal. And somehow it changes that perspective, doesn't it? And as we go into this year and the world is going to come against us again and uh, tell you that um, the pleasure of this world is what you live for, experiences and excitement and adrenaline rushes and sport and media and celebrity is what life is really about. And you will start to doubt spiritual reality and the, the idea that this is just temporary and that you can't take it with you. <laughs> You're going to come under that attack. The king is going to say, remember the truth that the pleasures that you get on this earth are good but they are only a foretaste of what the new heaven and the new earth is going to be like. They're only temporary in this time. So don't live for them. You don't live for these created things. You live for the creator. And as we remember that, we stand against this sort of enemy. We focus on the creator, not the creation. And we ask God, help me to see it. Help me to break or break that hold that this world has on me at times. Help me to see spiritual reality. These are the prayers that we enact this kingship in our lives. As we think about the old self and those lies are going to come against us, that are going to say that you're hopeless, that you're bad, that God hates you because of what you've done, that you, never, you can never stop that sort of stuff and that God is displeased with you. <laughs> You're going to have to remember that God joys and delights in you because of who you are, not what you do. And he's actually dealt with the wrath and punishment of that so that you can be in a joyful, delightful relationship with him. And that doesn't make us dismiss sin lightly right? because our response to this sort of loving God is that we flee from that and we live the way he calls us to live. Or as our old selves gives us that lie of, oh, it's not that bad what you're doing. It doesn't really affect too many people. It's not going to affect it. And we need to bring in the truth of the way that the king has called us to live and how that joy and delight comes about by living the way he wants us to. And as we go through these battles, we remember some of the stuff that we talked about in Revelation last year, that God has marked and sealed his people. There's nothing that's going to separate his people from his love. And we put on that spiritual armor, which is a gift that God gives us, so that we protect our thoughts, we protect our hearts with the truth of who God is. And we've got to remind ourselves of this truth, of this idea that God is our king, and he is protecting us as his people. And uh, as we move on to the next P, as God is our provider, we think about that uh, as his people, we need the essentials of life, food and water and shelter, employment and health. And that God, who is the creator of the universe, who has all these things in his hands, uh, lavishes them on his people. And we, of all people in Australia, 
should recognize this and delight in this. We live in such a blessed country in regard to provision for us. And so we can delight in that and we can be responsible with that as well. We recognize that these things haven't come our way because the Australian governmental system, that you don't have the wealth that you have because you've worked hard and that your parents worked hard. You only have it because God's given it to you. And if you dispute that, go and talk to someone who's living in a slum in Kenya that says that their, their parents worked hard, their government worked hard, and yet they don't live in that, and yet they are still a blessed and protected people. So our wealth and our provisions that we have are not dependent of the reign of the king. So we can enjoy them and delight in them and just recognize where they've come from and rejoice in the one who provides us with these things. And so what do we do this year? We acknowledge these things. We hold on to them late, uh, lightly uh, in terms of these are not our eternal reality, um, but we're looking to the taste of heaven. And as we come across financial difficulties, what do we do? We go to the one who provides and we ask, help us. Help us to sustain our lives or whatever that might be. And sometimes what's he going to do? Sometimes he's going to come in, he's going to change your financial system miraculously and dramatic, dramatically. Other times, he's just going to give you the power to get through it. <laughs> and yet he says, I want you to be reminded that my presence is with you. You are my people and I love you and I will provide for you. Or when health struggles come your way this year, we remember the one who sustains life and health. And so we go to him and we say, King Jesus, God, heal me, change this situation, remove the cancer, bring a, a right thinking in my mind. And we rejoice when he does it. We acknowledge him for who he is when he shows his power in that way. But if... We are called to travel the road of cancer until death. We remember the power of the presence of the King with us every minute of the day, every day of the week, every month of the year. And he says, I'll get you through this. My presence is with you. And the Psalms talk about this a lot. I was originally going to uh, read Psalm 40 and 41. And I encourage you to have a read of them this week. And this is David, who is on his sickbed, and he's suffering and in hardship and pain. And he says, my God is the king who sustains me and delivers me on my sickbed. In the midst of sickness and hardship and suffering and pain, the king is present, getting his people through. So that in that place, and you've, you, many of you have seen people in this situation, suffering to the point of death with a smile on their face and a twinkle in their eye because they are held by their king as they enter 
death and the life beyond. So this year, we pray for our King to intervene in these things and we depend on his presence in the midst of them. So as you head into this year, may you know the joy and the delight of a King who is protecting and providing for you in ways that you can't even begin to comprehend. May you worship the King. May you smile and bow before the King. Because I, I remember we think about, you know, kings and people bowing and, and scraping before the king, you know, earthly kings. We sort of, it's sort of oppressive stuff, but yet God calls us to bow before him. But it's a very different bowing, isn't it? Because if you've got a perfect king, if you've got a perfect king in their presence, you would just say, oh God, we're not worthy, but you are. We're not worthy to be in your presence, but you allow us to be here. And it's this posture, isn't it, that we bow before the king as we acknowledge him. And this is what he does. Did you hear it in the psalm? This is what he does. As we've got a head down like this, he says, I lift up your heads. <laughs> lift up your heads, O people, and look me in the eye. Remember who you are. You're my dearly loved people. And I'd do anything. For, I'll go to the ends of the earth for you. So come and walk with me. Talk with me. Be with me. I, I often have this powerful picture that's been etched into my mind over the years as I think about my relationship with God. And I, I do this, I sort of think of God on his throne and this kingliness of God. And, and, I, and I picture myself sort of bowing before and think, and, and that God comes down off his throne the steps and he picks up my head and he looks me in the eye and he says, oh, Glenn, it's great to have you with me. I love you as my child. And he takes my, my hand and he walks me up the step to his throne, which this is where it gets a bit weird, um, it, which is the control room of the universe. And he sits in his, on his throne and he looks out on the universe and he's got all these things that he's tweaking and working in the universe and he puts me on his lap as he controls the universe. And there's, there's something of this picture. This is the kingship. Of, this is the king who calls his kids up onto his lap as he controls the universe because he joys in you. He delights in you. He wants to do life with you for now and to eternity. And he reminds us that his presence is with us and that is the presence and the power that can change things. He can send healing. He can send his angelic hosts. He can bring firepower down on this earth like nothing like we know. And yet, his simple, sweet, small voice is the power to get us through. That will get me strength to get through the day, to bear the pain, to put a smile on my face, to give me confidence to work in, walk into the next thing that he has for me. And so I pray that this year, as you go into the year, that you will be constantly praying, God, may I know your protection and your provision. May I know your presence and your power. And may it bring a smile to a face and may it bring a spring to my step as I seek to follow you this year. And this year as a church, as we sort of go into this year, we want to focus on this whole idea of moving people in following Christ. And this 
beginning of the year, I, I sort of changed a little bit, is I want to motivate you to follow Christ. It is not a duty and a dredge and a hard, oppressive thing to follow Christ. It's something that we should do with a joy in our heart and a spring in our step because of who he is and who we are because of him. And I think for far too long, I, we, you in this church have lost this. And I don't want you to go into another year of thinking of the dredge and the hard work and the, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and church is going to ask me to do that. Church council are going to do that and they're going to stuff up there again. And <laughs> No, I want you to be motivated this year that I'm going to follow Christ and see his kingdom come in this place. Because it doesn't matter what we do, it all depends on who we are. We are the people of the living God who has given us power beyond compare to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So let's join together and see that become a reality. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we pray that as we head into this year, that we would know this truth of you as our King, as the God who delights in his people, a God who is protecting and providing for his people, a God who wants to walk with us and talk with us, a God who wants to see us flourish, a God who has chosen us to be his ambassadors in this world, a God who has chosen us to display him to this world. So Lord, we pray that we may display you with a smile on our face and with a spring in our step as we head into this year. And whatever may come our way from Satan and his cohorts, from this world or from ourselves, Lord, we pray that we may stand in the name of King Jesus against this and that you would provide us protection. Lord, that we would know your power and that we as One Hope Community Church would radiate with your glory. And so that people would see it's the king of glory, the one who controls the universe, the one who so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for us. And Lord, we pray that we would display you by being a worshipful and joyful community this year. Would you work in us individually and collectively as we seek to be your people, the people of the king, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We want to sing this song, uh, and it's we made, uh, made Me Glad. Is that the title of it? I always get the title wrong. Made Me Glad. I say, Made Me Glad, i.e., we should sing this with a smile on our face. We should sing it with joy in our heart, and, dare I say it, with expression in our bodies, as we recognize who our God is. And this is a song about who God is and who we are because of him. So let's come and worship our King. In the name of Jesus.